I hope everybody has had a wonderful week. And I hope the year is wrapping up good for you all. The Lord is a faithful God. I want to encourage someone that is still looking on to God for something. I want to encourage you. God is faithful. He's never late. He will always meet you where you want to be. That is the God that will serve. You know, I was sharing with someone some time ago. I think it was sometime last week we had a conversation. And um, I, they asked me this question. And I keep getting it over and over. He said, what is the one thing that you can take away from your life today that you can say articulate accurately, that you can say mix up your life? And I said to the person, it was the day I discovered that God loved me. It wasn't the day I got born again. I didn't discover God loved me the day I got born again. I discovered God loved me in my mess. I discovered that I cannot sin enough for God to stop loving me. Neither can I do good enough for him to love me still. There's no condition to his love for me. He just loves me. However, what that does is it holds me back from sinning. Because when my eyes became open to this amazing love, this love that embodies the beauty of life, everything about my life changed. And so this morning I want to share to us, share with us from that depth of knowledge and what it does in and through me. So I guess what I want to share with you this morning is more of my story, the journey of my life, how it's taken me every day, and why I know without a shadow of a doubt that my end is beautiful. The same way I say my end is beautiful, your end is beautiful. That no matter what you're seeing right now, the scripture says it does not yet appear what it would be like. But when it is revealed, in other words, there's a revelation, there's a progression in our understanding of God that gets better and better by the day. That it becomes imperative that our life aligns with what it has said. Not because you're going to do anything to make it like that. But it's because the Bible says it's working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You know, the amazing thing about the love of God, can you please go with me to Deuteronomy? I don't know, I kind of like have where I wanted to go in terms of scripture today, but I think I'm just going to go with this flow. Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 10. From verse 14. I'm going to read from the NLT, this particular scripture. I'm going to read it from the NLT, if you don't mind, please. It says, look, the highest heaven and the earth and everything in it all belong to the Lord your God. Yet, the Lord chose your ancestors as the objects of his love. And he chose you, their descendants, above all other nations as an evident today. I want you to say with me, I am the object of God's love. Say with me, I am the object of God's love. 
Say with me, I am an evidence that there is a God. One of the amazing things about this walk of grace with God is to realize that there's no sacrifice that I can make anymore to earn God's love. The scripture tells us that this sacrifice has been made one time. And that's a sacrifice of the person of Christ. Christ now therefore embodies everything that a believer is supposed to be. And here's the beauty about that. The same Christ that embodies everything about God is the same Christ that lives in us. The Bible says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. In other words, because Christ is in you, your future, like Pastor Larry said, is assured. There is nothing you can do to change the finished work of Christ concerning your life. It is settled. You don't have to do anything about it. There is nothing you can say to change it. What you can do, though, is to speak in line with what God has finished about you so that you can see that manifestation of that thing in your life. Amen? And so this morning, I want to talk to us about thanksgiving. I want to talk to us about thanksgiving. Say with me, thanksgiving. And I'm going to take my scripture to start with here from Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Let's go to verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Now when you hear that scripture, or when you read that scripture, there's a possibility you may just read that scripture in the by and by. Rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. I've said it over and over, and I think Pastor Shino makes mention of this all, every time. When you hear a particular word repeated twice, God is making an emphasis on that thing. It says, rejoice always, and again, I say rejoice. Now, for you to appreciate what Paul is saying, you need to also understand where Paul was coming from. This Paul that is saying, rejoice always, again, I say rejoice. You need to understand that this letter was coming from a man that was imprisoned. It was in the bondage of this imprisonment that Paul would say, rejoice Always, again, I say rejoice. The reason is because for you and I sometimes, we, are, we tend to easily forget the good that is done to us. And so, have you ever had that cause where somebody has done something and they just do one thing that is bad? My goodness me, every of that thing is erased by reason of this one bad thing that they just did. Again, we're humans. That's how we operate. As far as God is concerned, it's a different ballgame. But the reason why many of us find it difficult at times to give thanks is because we are so imprisoned or overcome by the present state that we are in that it becomes difficult for us to see past it. You know, I've come to re discover now that 
Thanksgiving is not something you do in order to get something from God. Because if thanksgiving is something you do in order to get something from God, then the essence of Christ is diminished. In other words, we can no longer make reference to the finished work of Christ. If we're going to make reference to the finished work of Christ, that better be there there, that there is nothing for me to do anymore. But when we talk about thanksgiving, when I was growing up, the things I was told about thanksgiving is give thanks so you can receive some more stuff from God. And so I gave thanks because I thought I was going to receive some more stuff from God. But like Paul said, when I was a child, I thought as a little child. But now when revelation comes, it becomes a different ball game completely. Now in order to establish this point, I want to just go through one or two scriptures. I'm not going to be long and we're going to be out of here. Would you please go with me now to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 10. You're going to go with me, Luke chapter 10 and Luke chapter 17. Luke 10, I know you're expecting me to give you the verse. Would you please go to verse 21? Luke 10, 21. It says, In that hour Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have eaten these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes, even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. Luke chapter 17, please. And in Luke chapter 17, this is the story of when Jesus healed the ten lepers. Many of us are very familiar with that story. So I'm going to jump um, to after he had healed them. Let's start from verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his feet at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any... Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Let me give this few statements. First, Thanksgiving for me, this is the definition of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a natural expression of joy from anyone that has experienced God's abundant grace. Thanksgiving is a natural expression of joy from anyone that has experienced God's abundant grace. You give thanks until you become thanks yourself. Thanksgiving helps you to lose sight of overwhelming situations. Thanksgiving should be a part of who you are. Thanksgiving helps you to live in your reality. It is the breath that undergirds everything you do. Through, thankful, through thankfulness means remembering, God, remembering God's goodness even when things are crashing down. 
Therefore, to the believer, thanksgiving is an essential part of our lives. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and let, say this. That thanksgiving is a language of rest. If you're in a place of rest, the only thing you do is give thanks. Now, the reason why I said to you that thanksgiving is not something we do in order to get something from God is because thanksgiving by itself is just an expression of joy. An expression of joy for something that has been done for you. Is that correct? I can't give thanks except somebody does something for me. Correct? Someone opens the door, you say thank you. I mean, if you're with our, if some, of, some of our children, you ask them, please give me something, they bring it. You don't remember to say thank you, you hear them say, you're welcome. They never cease to amaze me when they do that. <laughs> I say, maybe you should give me thanks a million times after having given birth to you. Because it took an effort to, to push you out. So maybe all of us need to keep saying thank you. So that you can then come back and say, then I'll keep saying you're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome too. But anyway, so there was this story. Let me give you this story. You know, I like to give personal stories. Um, somebody had done something for me. And, um, and I thought, for the love of me, I'd said thank you. This particular occasion. I didn't know that I didn't say thank you. So the person had kind of like set a trap for me. So I went back again to want to ask the same favor of the person. I just noticed they didn't respond. I'm going, ah, ah. but I know this person is able to do this. Why, why did you not want to do it? So I went and I asked, Abba, this is a piece of cake for you to do. Just do it. He said, you, you. I have promised I would never do anything for you again. The last one that I did for you refused to give thanks. And of course, we, we wrapped it up. I apologized and all of that. But I'm saying that to say this. It is in, that seems to be our own reality. So if I do something and I don't give thanks, there's a possibility if I come back, you're not going to do anything for me again. You know, because where I'm, where I'm from, we, we were very deep when it comes to parables. I mean, there's nothing we don't thank you for. For sitting down, we thank you. For standing up, we thank you. Even for eating, we thank you. For you not even doing anything, we thank you. And it is so ingrained in our culture that if you don't give thanks, there's a part of that parable that also says, if you don't give thanks for what is done for you today, you will not get any other thing the next day. That is how we are so wrapped up in the meaning of thanksgiving. Whereas the opposite is the case with God. Imagine, God will almost seem wicked as human. For him to say unto you, give me thanks. I will not do anything for you. What things did we give for him to say to us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son? I've said this and it bears repetition. Was it a world that was thankful for who God was? Absolutely not. We were reeling in our sin. 
We were enjoying it. We were bona fide sinners. We have degrees to the highest one that you can think of. And yet in that state, us not being thankful, God will say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You need to understand, thanksgiving is important to God. Don't, don't get me wrong. For me to establish that thanksgiving is important to God, open with me to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 1. It is very important to God. I know you're still waiting for me to say, why do I think thanksgiving does not get anything from God? I know. That's how I'm going to wrap up. Let me build that a little bit. Amen? But go with me to Romans chapter 1. I'm sorry. So let's look here for verse, verse 16. Oh no, let me jump please because of time. From verse 18. He says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world is invisible attributes, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that were made, even is eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Two things stand out in this scripture. They did not glorify God, nor were they thankful to God. Is that correct? Now, let's again now look at Jeremiah chapter 30 verse, 13, verse 19 and Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 11. Jeremiah 30, 19 and 33, 11. If you get that quickly ahead of me, I'll read that. Then out of them all shall proceed thanksgiving... And the voice of those who make merry, I will multiply them and they shall not diminish. I will glorify them and they shall not be small. 33.11. 33.11. The voice of, the, of joy and the voice of gladness. The voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. The voice of those who will say, Praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his mercy endures forever. And of those who will bring sacrifice or praise into the house of the Lord, for I will cause the captives of the land to return as the first, says the Lord. One more scripture. Thessalonians chapter 5 from verse 16. Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5 from verse 16. 1 Thessalonians 5 from verse 16 rejoice always 17 pray without season 18 in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you so the question is if thanksgiving is so important to God and that we don't give thanks in order to get things from God. What does thanksgiving do? Good question. Let me submit to you. Thanksgiving 
is for you. Say with me, Thanksgiving is for me. Now, this is why Thanksgiving is for you. Thanksgiving, like we say, like I just defined to you, is an expression of joy. What Thanksgiving does, Thanksgiving feeds your faith. I repeat again. Thanksgiving feeds your faith. Thanksgiving and praise are going to have to be, and faith are going to have to be constant companions. In that Thanksgiving says to faith, I want you to know that this God is faithful. He has done this in the past. And because I am rejoicing in the things that are in the past, I want you to know that you can look at the future. And in looking at the future, I want you to know you can go with confidence. Because if he has done it in the past, he will do it again in the future. So what Thanksgiving begins to do is Thanksgiving begins to give strength to my faith and strength to my faith. In that when I begin to begin to be thankful to God, it ultimately makes me know that there is nothing in my future that is impossible. I repeat, thanksgiving feeds your faith. Thanksgiving with the impulses of joy speaks to faith that I want you to luxuriate in this God because this God has done this particular thing in the past and I recall this thing in the present to let you know that the future indeed is assured and to let you know that the anything that you are seeking to find from this God, you will get. That is why I said thanksgiving is for you and not for God. There is no thanks that you give to God that makes him bigger than he is. There is no thanks that you can give to God that can make him change his mind about his finished work. Because everything that you may need is already embodied in the person of Christ. And the Bible said that same Christ lives within you. And if Christ lives within you, there is nothing that is absolutely impossible for us. And because we know there is nothing that is absolutely impossible for us, what stops us many times? Many times from accessing the things that God has given us. That was why Jesus asked one of the lepers, why was it that it's only you that came back? Because it's possible that the nine, after they've received all that they've received, if they need more, they don't know how to access it anymore. Because their faith is no longer strengthened. It becomes a one-time thing for them. That is why for the believer, thanksgiving is not a seasonal thing. It is a daily thing. It is a second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour lifestyle. For the believer, thanksgiving is a lifestyle. It is not a matter of choice. And the life that overflows with thanksgiving can never be stopped. Why do you think Jesus Christ, I mean... First of all, they told him, Lazarus is sick. He took his time to go to Lazarus. I mean, you can imagine me as your friend. I say to you, wrote to me, I'm sick. And you don't show up at the time you're supposed to show up. Why did you have to say that? But anyway, 
I think I'm going to look at somebody else. <laughs> that guy is not helping me. <laughs> so you can imagine, Pastor IBK. Me? <laughs> me? Me? You hearing that I'm sick and you, and you did not show up. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I don't know. Yeah, you know. And then this Jesus delayed. And then finally this guy is dead. Of course, Martha, of course, made him know. Mary rather made him know. If you had come, you know, he would not have died. Period. And Jesus Christ did one of the most amazing things in the scripture. One day they called me to come and pray for someone that was very sick. Then, you know, I like the shalabalababa. You like to just flex some muscles. Like it's almost as if it's your power that is coming to. So I told them, get me anointing oil. I want, I want Holy Communion too. Put it there. So when I came in, I was walking like, I mean, I was Jesus. I was coming to get this person off of the bed. And I'm going, mighty God in the name of Jesus. I, I mean, I must have prayed like 30 minutes. This person was still in the same condition. I opened the, the side of my eye. I'm going, oh God. He's still sick. We took Holy Communion. He's still sick. We used anointing oil. He was still sick. I'm saying to myself, it's later now that I realize, come on. There's just so, so much simplicity to this gospel. That we've made it so complicated. And so I, I looked at this scripture and Jesus Christ did the most amazing thing. And he said, I thank you, my father, that you always hear me. Can you imagine that? I thank you, my father, that you always hear me. And then he said, Lazarus, come forth. That was why I read Luke chapter 10. The life of Jesus Christ was a life of thanksgiving. Every communication with his father was, I thank you, my father. I thank you, my father. He didn't say thank you because Tosin said you should give thanks. He didn't say thank you because the priest team led thanks. It was just a lifestyle. And because his heart was already glorifying God and he was a thankful human being, he could walk and look in front of a dead body and say, Father, I thank you that you always hear me. Thanksgiving will get you to a realm in the spirit that your ordinary prayerful life will not. I want you to pay attention when God says something is his will. Because when something is God's will, you find God in it. He says, give thanks always, for this is the will of God. Because if I know how to give thanks, I can access my faith. And when I can access my faith, I can access the impossible. I want to submit to you this afternoon that some reason why 
we can't access the things that we access is because the foundation of thanksgiving is already eroded. And so we are looking for messages to stir our faith. We're looking for messages to stir our faith. The Bible says if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? I want you to know this afternoon, if you can learn to build the foundation of thanksgiving, your faith will not stand in your way. Your faith will be built up because you have learned to give thanks. And I want you to know, I'm not asking you to begin to do. I like to establish that. I don't want you to get home and just start trying to do. One of the things that has helped me in the grace message is now when I hear a message, I go back home and I sit down and I say, God, in and of myself, I can't even give thanks. I don't know what it means to give thanks. I have heard people say thank you, but I want you by your grace to begin the work of thanksgiving in me. And that work that is begun in you will begin to surface on the outside. Because many times we get messages, we go back home and we want to rush into it. And we find ourselves losing steam midway. And then all of a sudden we need another message again on top of that message. And so we keep coming back for another message on top of that message. And you keep people and I in business. Because you have to always keep coming. No, it's true. It's true. Pastor Banks says it all the time. I'd rather preach myself out of a business to know that you're growing. What am I saying? It's not a matter of messages that build a life. Look for the simple truth that will build your, your story in God. It's the simple truth that builds us. That's why the Bible says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. The crux of my message to you this afternoon Develop a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Give thanks until you become thanks yourself. That in every aspect of your life is all about thanks. I repeat again, your thanksgiving does not make God do anything for you. It is already settled in Christ. You can't sin enough for God to stop loving you. You can't do good enough for God to love you. He loves you just because. He will give you, he's giving you everything already. That's why he says, do not worry little children. For it is the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. If he can feed the ravens who are the most selfish bird on earth. If he can clothe the lilies in the valley. I am telling you, he says to you, I have decided to to bless you. You can't change anything about that. You don't have enough faith to access those things. I want you to know that it is settled. Christ has settled it. The sum total of your life is settled in this world. It is finished. The only areas though is how do we live out this finished work on a daily basis in our lives? For me, it begins first by understanding that God loves me and there is nothing anybody can say to change that. The next thing is I am thankful to him for everything that he has done for me. Someone asked me some time ago, how do you pray in grace? I said to the person, be thankful. Because the grace of God is something that you did not earn. 
The grace of God is not something you can access by your strength. Therefore, the only response to grace is thanksgiving. And so as the year is wrapping up, for many of us, the question is, what about the things that I've been trusting God for that I've not been able to access? God walks in Kairos, not in chronological order of time. It's man that created a calendar. So we have January to 31st. And so we come towards the end of the year, we want to crunch it in. If he answers it in 31st, I'm going, to have, I'm going to have it as part of the record for 2017. I want to beg you, please. God is bigger than a calendar. God will do for you what you have not been able to access in 10 years in one second. And I'm not saying to you it will happen now, but I'm saying to you it has already been done. You can only access it by faith in Christ. And your faith is built as you continue in the arena of thanksgiving to God. And so this afternoon, I want us to stand to our feet. I told you it's going to be a very short message.